everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Appetizing Conversations podcast. I'm your host and creator, Tashi Brown. Today's show is called It's Complicated, Black Women and Our Relationship with Food. We will delve into our love affair with food, the various food-related health conditions affecting Black women, and offer solutions and resources to improve our diet and food purchase behavior. Joining us for the discussion is Ms. Jillian Griffith. Jillian is a registered dietitian on the in-store nutrition team at Giant Foods, where she proudly serves the Southeast Washington, D.C. community. Her education and background is just quite phenomenal. Jillian received her Bachelor's of Science in Public Health, Nutrition, from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. From there, she attended John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, where she received a Master's of Science in Public Health and Human Nutrition, and then went on to complete John Hopkins' Coordinated Dietics Program. Jillian is passionate about improving the food environment so that it may have a positive impact on nutrition behaviors and health outcomes for us all. Welcome, Jillian. Thank you for having me. Let me tell you, Jillian stays so booked and busy. (laughs) I've been trying to get her on the show since I met her at a community (laughs) event this past summer. So I'm extremely happy that she allotted some time for the Appetizing Conversations podcast. Well, I'm very happy to be here. And to thank her, I decided to highlight a mutual restaurant we both know and love, Turning Natural. Turning Natural is black woman owned by Miss Jerry Evans, who has turned her juice bar into a health movement. With five locations across the DMV, her mission is to make healthy foods affordable, cool, and ultimately taste like magic. So I stopped in the Anacostia location and got, a, got us a green Latifah fresh squeezed juice and blue bear smoothies to sip while we talk. If you want to check them out, visit Turning Natural on social media or go to www.turningnatural.com. So Jillian, tell me, when did you first fall in love with food? I I mean, that's such a hard question. I can't imagine life without food. <laughs> so, it had to have, I mean, since a, you know, since a chi- since childhood, um I feel like when I think of food, I think of family and mm-hmm. a lot of times family, a lot of our family gatherings are centered around food. So I, I've always been in love with food. Yes. I know, right? Yeah. I was thinking about that question myself. And speaking of family, I remember on Fridays, we would all gather up in the car and nobody wanted to cook on Friday. It was the end of the work week. Mm-hmm. We would gather up in the car, go to the local pizza shop and you know we would just order what our hearts desired. And I think at that time when I was eating meat, I had the pepperoni and mushroom and cheese. I don't know, that, that cheese just speaks yes. to all the comfort and the goodness yes. that we all crave for. So And pizza is <laughs> one of my favorite foods to this day so so yeah so friday pizzas or just i know in in our house we had a pretty busy lifestyle i have two siblings Mm -hmm. um and both my parents um are physicians so they had a very busy um you know being on call and stuff so Mm -hmm. spaghetti was one of our staple foods in the house (laughs) um and the different concoctions um that my dad would put together Uh so i just remember those family meals were really big um even though our our lifestyle was very busy growing up we always would eat together as a family as often as possible that's great yeah and there seems to be a strong relationship at least in my opinion um between black women and food 
in your thoughts, what's the connection with that? So I feel like black women, especially as the matriarch in the black household, um, are oftentimes the decision makers when it comes to food um, with family. And so, and you know, just with my family and, and as you said with yours, food is a was a big part of family gatherings or just family time together and family memories. And oftentimes black women are very, um, black women are very um, involved in that, in that mm-hmm. time. And the planning. The and, planning, yes. Um, making sure that their children have a nutrition me- nutritious meal or just maybe getting the lunches together. Yeah, because even, I mean, I had, I had, I was blessed to have two parents in my household, but even though my dad, my mom is probably going to hear this, but my dad is, <laughs> my dad is more so known as the chef in the family. Okay. Um, we always look to my mom to what's for dinner. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, we could have all been home for hours, but it's her, like, when she walks in, so so what are we eating tonight? Yeah. So I feel like the the black woman in the household does play that pivotal role in the food decision um, process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely the go-to. Yes. Um, Sally, though, when I was researching for this discussion, I found that African-American women have the highest rate of heart disease, stroke, and diabetes. Can you explain why we are adversely affected by these diseases and possibly the correlation to the food we eat? Yeah, so a lot of these food, a lot of these diseases are food-related chronic diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so it is related to the food that we're eating, but it's also related to a lot of different other lifestyle factors. It's related to our environment. It's related to the systems that impact our life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's related to our healthcare system. It's There's so many overlapping things that are impacting the health and health outcomes of black women. Um, but it all dives down to the food and the things that are impacting our decision around food. Mm-hmm. So that could be um, where we live mm-hmm. and our access to certain foods. That could be just... You know, um, it could be, it's cultural too. Mm-hmm. It's the foods that we have historically seen as maybe comfort foods or um, or tend to, tend to go a little bit closer to. Um, it has to do with transportation in certain neighborhoods mm-hmm. when you're thinking about urban environments, but also rural. So there's a lot of different factors, but unfortunately it's hitting our community the hardest. Yeah. Are there certain foods, and I'm not trying to label one, but I just remember growing up, um, like during New Year's Eve, there would be a pot of pig's feet or black-eyed peas Mm -hmm. and collard greens because, again, those are the traditions to bring upon prosperity or happiness for the new year. And that just continued year after year. And I'm, I'm not sure if they were thinking that, pig's feet or you know the fat that's put in food that could cause some of those diseases that we're seeing now come out in a lot of our family members well when we think about those foods especially the foods that we used to celebrate um historically actually historically we as the african-american community used a lot of fruits vegetables grains nuts seeds um, things from the ground. We use things to spice our foods in different ways. And granted, there were higher fat, um, higher fat ingredients or things that we were using to flavor our food. But 
we, you know, come from a very, we do come from a very plant-based um, history. If, mm-hmm. if like, if there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different conversations about that, but, um, but as, as time went on and as the food industry changed, especially in certain access changed, um, more highly processed foods were introduced into communities. And I think that's like, if we're going to target, if we're going to target like specific foods, I would say it's more, it's the foods that are going to be higher in the fat, higher in sodium, higher in sugar, um, more shelf stable that are having that negative impact. The ones that we're eating more frequently. Now these like celebratory foods that may be high in fat, those things we eat, like you said, New Year's. That's yes. not something that we're eating every day. Mm-hmm. So I don't think those are the things we need to necessarily pinpoint. It's the things that we are eating every day and have access to every day that have the sneaky sugar, that have the high sodium, that are full of saturated fat and maybe even trans fat um, that we need to focus on. Yeah. And I was thinking about that, you know, when we are at the store or maybe you know, at McDonald's, unfortunately, or any of those fast food restaurants, we're probably not particularly looking at the ingredients list Mm -hmm. or the sugar content. And I hope to talk to you a little bit more on how we can start doing that. Um, So, you know, I live in Southeast and the community is often equated with the term food desert. Mm -hmm. What exactly is a food desert and how does that impact us? So a food desert is any geographic area where the population or the community doesn't have access to fresh, affordable, healthy food. So fruits, vegetables, um, quality food. Mm -hmm. So that can a lot of times, especially in as we have these conversations in the Washington, D.C. area where we're thinking more on food deserts. That, in, that are in urban settings. Um, so, you know, transportation affects that, people having access to a grocery store. So if you, you know, are not in proximity to a grocery store where you can walk or drive within a mile, mm-hmm. um, you're technically living in a food desert. And in East of wow. the River, in Southeast DC, for Ward 8, there's one grocery store. That's the grocery store that I work in. Um, and in Ward 7, there's two grocery stores. So for... I'll just speak for Ward 8, there's over 75,000 residents with one grocery store, and everyone doesn't live within walking distance or within a mile of that grocery store, so that's technically a food desert. But food deserts don't just exist in urban settings, you know, they exist in rural settings, um, where there may be a different type of transportation barrier, um, or just access barrier things impacting why that food desert exists. So it's not just a DC problem and it's not just an urban setting problem. It's a problem all across the country. Okay. I did not realize that it was only one grocery store. I've been, I feel like I've been in a bubble because I would drive to Virginia all the time to go to Whole Foods before they opened up the Whole Foods here in Capitol Hill yeah. or Navy Yard. Yeah, there's one. So currently, and I know, and I know that there's plans to open um, other another grocery store um, in Ward 8, so we're really looking forward okay. to that. But yeah, right. Currently, there's there's one grocery store in Ward 8. Okay. And it sounds like you think that food deserts play a role in our communities when it comes to expanding our palate for yes. different food options. For sure. Because when you, you know, don't have easy access to a grocery store and you're looking for quick, easy meal solutions for your family, which I feel like is everyone I know that's for my family growing up quick easy meal solutions were our Mm go-to um 
so you might turn to a smaller a smaller corner store a bodega and on because of the because of the way um, those smaller stores are set up they might not be able to provide an abundance of fresh fruits and vegetables so they their their shelves are going to be stocked uh, more so with highly processed shelf stable foods Mm -hmm. those are the ones that are going to be higher in sodium higher in that saturated fat and higher in sugar now i know in this area there are a lot of programs um, one in particular with um, through dc central kitchen to get fresh produce into those corner stores to help Mm -hmm. um to help address the access issue but that's not you know, that's, you know, you can't, that's not, that's not going to solve the, the solve the problem. So when those are your go-to options or those are the things that you have access to, those are the things that you learn how to make your meals around. Those are the things that your family learns to love. Um, Those are the things that shape your taste buds. And when you are, you know, when you are consuming a highly, um, a diet that's high in sugar, saturated fat, and sodium, those are the things that you that you start to crave. Okay. And that shapes, that does shape um, your taste for food. Mm-hmm. And so the craving leads to then um, like a mindset of, you know, you start thinking about this is the type of food that tastes good and this is what I want. Yeah, it's your norm. Yeah. Like that's that's your norm. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and I can't, you can't fault anybody for that. Right. That's just what, that's what their environment consists of. Um, and because when the healthy choice isn't the easy choice, when it takes a little, when it takes a little bit more effort to, you know, get that produce, um, say you, you can't get to the grocery store more than once or twice a month, it, you know, Fresh produce does go bad. Mm-hmm. So you have to make the decision to buy something that is going to last a little bit longer. So there's a lot of different considerations um, into the foods that people buy. And if ease and access is not available when it comes to you know getting that healthy, healthier for you options, then people are going to go with what nourishes them. And unfortunately, it's not always the healthiest thing. Right. And then we want to talk about affordability too. Oh, that some, all comes some into of the play. Healthier, quote unquote, healthier foods sometimes have the higher price tag, or at least maybe that's the perception. That I would say that's the perception, and that's one of the reasons why I love my job um, because I get to help people navigate the aisles and kind of debunk that to be healthy is um, is unaffordable. So teaching people how to, you know, pick fruits and vegetables that are in season and when they're not in season, going towards the frozen aisle and getting frozen fruits and vegetables. Or if you are selecting canned foods, making sure that you're getting the ones that don't that are low, that are low in sodium or have no salt added. And um, or if you're doing like if you're doing like canned fruit or something, picking ones that are packed in 100 percent fruit juice and not like the added syrups and then putting together different meals and things and learning how to store food properly. So it lasts longer. So, you know, you're not wasting money um, as things go bad. So it doesn't it's not that to be healthy is unaffordable. It just takes a little bit more effort, unfortunately, especially in some communities. Okay. You know, speaking of your um, store, I know that D.C. Mayor Mario Bowser recently started a pilot program in the summer of 2019, which provides passengers with a free taxi cab ride up to $10 from 10 metro stations to various grocery stores and food pantries. So what I did one day, um, because I wanted to check out where you work and look at the classroom setting, I um, was at Anacostia Station and I went to taxi to rail.com 
And they actually set up a cab for me from Anacostia to go to Giant Foods. Uh, remind us again where you're located. So 1535 Alabama Avenue, um, about two, three blocks from the Congress Heights Metro Station. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they, they took me to your location up to $10 ride. It, it wasn't even $10. And I was able to um, walk through the aisles, look at the store. And I called them right back and they took me back to the station. And that's awesome. So it's a really great program. So when we're talking about accessibility, there are ways that... Um, the community can get access to grocery stores. And it's not just giant, but there are other grocery stores and other retailers that the community can, in Ward 8 and Ward 7, you can go to. And you can call 202-727-3827 or go online at taxitorail.com to look at the providers as well as the retail options yeah. for this service. And I mean, that's such a great program because I know I've had, so in my giant, we have a classroom where I do provide nutrition education and we also have fitness classes as well. So I I know that some customers have used that program to not only get to the grocery store at a grocery shop, but to attend some of those wellness um, classes. Mm -hmm. So it's really great program and I applaud the mayor for, for doing it. Absolutely. So some of the difficulty with us removing certain foods from our diet is that it strips away from our identity, our traditions, or again, at least that's the perception. As black women, how can we stay connected to our culture while teaching our children, loved ones, and often ourselves new ways of cooking and eating to live? Embrace the foods that you love. No one, well, I know I am not, you know, telling anyone that they can't have some something in particular but it's more so how can we love ourselves love our family choose foods that we love but um make them in a healthier way maybe do a healthy swap because through those actions you're loving yourself um so one of my my kind of personal platform is know yourself love yourself Mm -hmm. and it's all about knowing yourself knowing the different things that are impacting your food behaviors the you know whether it's your schedule whether it's your family the foods you know your favorite foods um but then loving yourself Mm -hmm. and choosing to love yourself by choosing healthy choosing whether it's just a small healthy swap um whether it's just adjusting your cooking method a little less this a little more of that Mm -hmm. um but that's a way of showing yourself that you love that you love you and that you're wanting to take care of yourself and then also showing your family that you love them and you're you know you care about them and their health outcomes just choose foods that you love but you know don't you don't have to lose you don't even have to lose the flavor it may just take a little a different cooking method or um adjusting something to still keep it flavorful keep it you know the dish that your family has learned to love and enjoy but it's just a healthier version of it I've actually had to do that myself because I I stopped eating meat probably over 15 years ago, but there was a time when I was still eating turkey and I used to have, um, I guess, the smoked turkey and collard greens. Mm-hmm. So I, I was about to go crazy because I didn't know what else could I put in collard greens to make it have that smoky flavor. Uh, they smoke have... paprika like you there's like exactly. you can use your herbs and spices yes so it's it's so <laughs> um there's so many ways to go about still having the flavors mm-hmm. and the taste that we enjoy just you have to approach it a different way exactly 
Um, do you? Okay, so macaroni and cheese is like one of my favorite dishes. But Mine the too. cheese, oh my goodness, it has so much fat. And I know it has a lot of sodium too. Are there any recommendations on how we can modify so that? So using reduced fat cheese, um, you know, paying attention to, so a lot of times when we're making mac and cheese, depending on your recipe, mm-hmm. you're using, you know, whole milk or you're using, um, like a heavy cream. So looking at those things and thinking of healthier, lighter swaps as we're making the dish. Now, mac and cheese is a family favorite. I know. And so you can't, you can't, you can't (laughs) adjust it but so much. So maybe it's thinking about the portion size. It's thinking about, you know, how much of this macaroni and cheese that we're going to have. Because I know, you know, my family, I've tried to adjust our mac and cheese in the past (laughs) and it hasn't always gone over so well. So now we, you know, I talk to them about, okay, how much mac and cheese are you going to have? As you're building your plate, Mac. if we think about the My Plate, this is Dietitian Jill coming out. As we think about how to build balanced meals, half of our plate is supposed to be fruits and vegetables. Or for me, I say like non-starchy vegetables. So and a quarter of our plate is supposed to be the grain. So that's where the mac and cheese would go, a quarter of your plate. So think about the portion size and then balancing it with the, you know, with your produce. Okay. I will try, Mr. It's all about shifting. <laughs> it's all about shifting our thoughts and how we're how we're building the full meal. Because yes. mac and cheese isn't the only thing we're eating in that meal. Mm-hmm. So how are we balancing it with everything else on our plate? I think that is important. Definitely the shift of thought and thinking about what we eat. And like I said before, eating to live, not just eating to consume. Yes, food nourishes us. Mm-hmm. And so we are, you know... I feel like the saying, we are what we eat, is so cliche. But the things that we put into our body, they matter. They really do matter. So we have to pay pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned some of the fitness classes at Giant. I had no idea. What other services do you provide at Giant um, that our community could, you know, come and participate in? Yeah, so... Well, I'll start with the nutrition. So I, you know, offer individual consultations free of charge by appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, So those consultations, I can work with you on your individual health goals, whether you're, you know, trying to prevent or reverse a chronic disease or just overall looking for how to live a healthier um, lifestyle as it relates to food. We can meet in my office or we could take it to the aisles and I can help you shop. Um, I offer classes, so I do a weekly diabetes class right now on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. um, and then like it's through the holiday season, um, was offering healthy holiday eating classes, um, this in the new year offering a six weeks to wellness program. Um, so six weeks, different topic every day. But then I also have partner with fitness instructors. So the YMCA, their senior fit and well program is in the store every Tuesday and Thursday. Nice. So we have a really great group of seasoned saints who okay. um, come and it's a very lively class. Um, it's, a, it's a full class. It's, it's really awesome to see. I do a First Friday's fitness um, program with PR Fitness. So he comes in the first Friday of every month at 7 p.m. and offers a fitness class. And then the second second Wednesday, we do a Work It Out Wednesday where there's a different fitness instructor every month that comes and leads a class. Okay, so what kind of fitness? Is it Zumba? Is it um... So for the Work It Out Wednesday, it it differs month to month. So we've, had, we've done yoga, we've done Zumba, we've nice. done hip hop cardio. Um, for the Friday, first Fridays, PR, he, um, it's, 
it's a kind of it's a hip hop cardio class. It's really fun. It's really high intense. Um, he's really he's really great. And then for the seniors, it's um, a mix of like seated and standing exercises. It's a lot of fun. They're like blasting music. You can hear it throughout the whole oh, store. Wow. It's it's a lot of fun. And okay. on Thursdays, it's line dancing. Oh, nice! I have to check that out one day. Out, so outside of Giant, I know um, that you do a lot in the community. Can you tell us some of the different projects that you have? Yeah. So I will say that over the past over the past year being with Giant, it has started. It has really consumed a lot of my time and doing a lot of great work both in the store and in the community, especially mm-hmm. in the Ward Eight community, um, working with organizations like Martha's Table, DC Central Kitchen, um, the council member's office. They have a lot of great programming going on. But outside of work, I have my my crew, Spoonful of Melanin. And so we are um, putting out a lot of nutrition content and just, unlike you, conversations geared towards African-American women um, about how we can be the best versions of ourselves as it relates to food or just overall wellness. Okay, that's great. To check you out on Instagram. Yes, at Spoonful of Melanin. So did you hear her? Spoonful of Melanin on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And how can they reach you on at Giant if they want to attend yes, one of your classes? Please. Um, so you can visit giantfood.com slash nutrition. And you click on events, you'll see um, Congress Heights Wellness Center and you'll see our whole list of schedules um, or a whole list of schedules for the wellness for the wellness center in Giant. Or if you just go to giantfood.com slash nutrition, you'll see my contact information. Um, but email me, reach, call me, reach out to me. would love to have you either for a consultation or for a class. Okay, great. Well, I invite you all to make an appointment with Jillian at Giant Foods and follow her on social media. Thanks again, Jillian, for sharing your knowledge on nutrition and making a positive impact on our community. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Thanks for listening to the Appetizing Conversations podcast. If you like this show, you are welcome to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to receive more empowering content along with tasty recommendations, you can follow me on Instagram at appetizing.conversations. Talk to you soon.